Operation Violet Panama was a complex investigation that was being run by the Force Intelligence and Organised Crime Unit. It was an investigation into cannabis factory and cannabis cultivation across the South Wales area. It initially commenced in November 2017 where 15 cannabis factories were identified. In addition to the 15 cannabis factories we originally identified, working with the other forces and the other partner agencies, we identified 54 premises. Such was the complexity in the investigation that it resulted in us having to try to identify foreign nationals who'd been smuggled and brought into the country illegally, some of which were purporting to be children, which upon investigation we identified that they weren't, uh, despite all the safeguarding that was put in place to protect them. We actually recovered two and a half tonnes of cannabis, which had a street value of over £6 million. And we also recovered £23,000 in cash and goods. The heads of the organised crime group were expected to have made over £25 million. Most of this was sent out of the country to Vietnam. As a result of the operation, 24 people have been arrested and 20 of those having been found guilty and now starting substantial custodial sentences. Hey everybody, welcome back to Wicked Garden Podcast. Uh, we're going to get an update today from Alan Tate uh, of the Welsh Horror House on what's going on with that case. Uh, I interviewed Alan last week, um, so we're going to hear that interview today, hear some new noises that were recorded uh, in his basement uh, by some independent uh, people who are uh, working with him now. Um, and we're going to go over those. Uh, I play about 30 seconds of it. And it's supposed to be recorded, keep this in mind, at 3.37 a.m. Um, I have no way of verifying that. I'm taking Alan's word for it. I've taken Alan's word for everything else. So, you know, I don't have a problem with it. He's been honest with me the entire time. Um, so we're going to get caught up on his case um, here during the uh, Christmas holidays and see what's going on with Alan and see if we can't help him out. And I'm your host, Mike. I'm your co-host, Tracy. And... Um, like I said, we, you know, it's the Christmas holidays. Tracy's been really busy. So I've been doing a lot of stuff on my own, recording a lot of interviews on my own. Um, as her life gets settled back more to normal, she's got some heavy lifting to do at her day job. So that's kind of where we are with the whole thing. But uh, take care of some business here at the outset. If you have a, a haunting, a UFO sighting, a cryptid sighting, any kind of creepy story, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, please get in touch with us on, with you know via our email at wickedgardenpodcast at gmail.com. And we also have our three-minute hotline where you can record a break-in for the show or you can give us your story and we'll call you back. Uh, you can leave us any kind of message you want, and that number is? 609-800-5130. 
And um, Alan was kind enough to record with us for about a half hour, get us caught up on the case. Um, he had reached out to me because the leaseholder of the uh, nail shop that's in the front of his property um, seems to be involved in some illicit activity. Um, you know, talking drugs and even a little bit of human trafficking here. So uh, he's been doing that detective work. And uh, he's got some people on a case who are going over there and recording it. Uh, so we've got our interview with Al, and we'll get to that now, uh, right after this commercial. My name is Mike Famelons, and I'm the producer and lead investigator for the show In the Shadow of Big Red Eye. Are you tired of seeing repeat episodes of fake Bigfoot shows? Do you want to join me and my team and see what a true investigation is really like? Then get your knocking stick and let's go. Full episodes of In the Shadow of Big Red Eye can be found by subscribing to our YouTube channel, Sussex County Bigfoot. Also be sure to like In the Shadow of Big Red Eye's Facebook page and follow us on Instagram for giveaways and show updates. Uh, we're lucky enough to have Alan Tate on the phone um, from Wales. Uh, Alan, welcome. Hi, Mike. Thank you for uh, joining us today. And I want to bring everybody back through Alan's story a little bit. So uh, Alan had uh, some noises coming from his basement. Um, he owned a house and he still owns a house in Hammondford. Um, and it, initially, uh, the media latched onto this and made it uh, out to be like a uh, paranormal story, um, which Alan never, you know, said it was. He just said he had noises coming from his basement. Um, as we and as Alan and some people he got involved investigated a little bit further. Um, we realized it wasn't really a paranormal sto story. It was more a story of there's uh, maybe some type of tunnel or some kind of uh, room under his house. And he's tried to get the police involved uh, a couple times. They've refused to really do a serious investigation. Um, so Alan uh, started his own uh, his own website. Uh, record, you know, rec with some recordings of uh, the different sounds that are he's recorded over time. Um, and now that brings us forward to today and our interview with Alan today so he can get us caught up on what's going on. But, you, you know, Alan, one of the things I wanted to um, talk about, too, is you have some other people who are helping you. So it's not just you and, and your wife, Christine. It, it's actually there's a group that that help you. Like, um, yes, you've talked to me before about I'm like, we have Susie Smith who helps you. And then you also have a group you call the Benson Brothers. So it's not just you guys now. There there are a bunch of people behind you. Could you talk a little bit about that, about the group that you have behind you? And, you know, not specifics. We don't need to know, you know, where they're living at, <laughs> that kind of thing. But, you know, how they help you organize and and talk a little bit about what basically now is an organization. Yeah, sure. Um, in total, there's uh, one, two, four, five, six people. You've got three Benson brothers. You've got Susie Smith. Susie Smith is actually the sister of the Benson brothers. Uh, and there are two other people in Wales. The Benson brothers and Susie Smith are actually in the States. Uh, the other two are actually in Wales. Um, they help in many, many ways. Um, <clears throat> two people have been back to the house. They've made independent recordings. They're on the Internet now. Um, they just verify the recordings that we made, really similar contents, um, just made by somebody else. Two different people have done that now. So it's myself 
and two other people that have made these recordings, and they can be heard on the internet today. We only released them last um, Thursday. In some of them now is clear audio. Uh, they've been back in. They've made another set of 15 recordings. It covers a 75-hour period, and I'm told there's even more audio on there, um, but I haven't had a chance to go through it. Yeah, and what I'm going to Benson do Brothers and... real, quick, yes, sorry. real quick is I'm going to uh, actually insert some of that audio right now um, into the podcast after in post. So I just want to make a marker of the time when we're we're talking about this, and we'll, we'll play some of that audio for you too. But um, people actually can listen to the recordings either on your website, right, or uh, actually at um, on your YouTube channel because you you actually just uh, had a YouTube uh, uh, come out with one of the Benson brothers that actually had the recordings on there, right? Some of the more interesting stuff. Yeah, that's right. All the recordings now, well, not all the recordings, but a lot of stuff now is actually on YouTube. The last 15 recordings went up on YouTube. Okay, and we'll we'll play some of that right now. So, Alan, you you actually have some new information, uh, which is interesting, which which actually um, goes to the leaseholder of the nail salon that's at the uh, that's actually at the front of your property, right? Is it? A- yeah, that's correct. Yes, okay. front of the property. At the front of the property is a shop. Above the shop is a flat. That's our flat, and behind this building, yeah, we have a house as well. Okay, and uh, this. You brought this to my attention. There, there seems to be a lot of um, human trafficking and also uh, drug, uh, underground drug production in Wales. Can you talk a little bit about that and bring us up to speed on that? And you know, that's uh, I guess the thought process is that uh, it may be easier to bring it into other parts of the UK, like maybe transport it in. Because if you're in Wales, maybe the um, you know borders into you know, Great Britain are uh, a little bit lax. Is that why they're doing this? Is that why they're producing this I, in Wales? I don't know. Okay. Well, I have no idea. Um, I'm told the borders to Ireland um, are quite sort of lax. Okay. Um, but, I mean, the, the famous case for drugs in Wales was um, Operation Julie, where it was estimated that Wales produced 60% of the world, the entire world's LSD. Wow. Did not know that. Yeah, so Google that one. That's that's worth a look. Okay, and um, there's been a lot of uh, busts lately over there, right? We call them busts here. I don't know what you guys call them over there, but there's been a lot of uh, production facilities shut down underground in Wales. Correct? Absolutely. Yeah. There's, I'm, I'm even surprised. The more I look into it, it's it's a massive problem. Um, but the word is the same. Yeah, we we tend to use drug raids or drug busts. Okay. Yeah. So. Um, Basically, that brings us around to your leaseholder of your nail bar. Um, now, given yep. the fact that Vietnamese have a lot of um, names that you know kind of similar, 
last names. They share. There's not many surnames, you know, Vietnamese wise. But you found out that the actual leaseholder uh, has been involved in a, a case, correct? The leaseholder of the nail bar. Yeah, let me tell you a little bit about about it. Okay. Before, let me tell you how names are structured. So, in this person's name, this person's name is Tring Thang Trang. Now, the first part is her surname. The middle name is the middle name. And it's her first name that comes at the end. That's how Vietnam, uh, Vietnamese names are structured. Okay. Now, the next bit. I've just got it written down on the screen. The leaseholder owner of Sophia Nails in Ammonford is Tring, Tran, is Tring Thang Tran. Now, in the following article, she's sentenced in 2019 for her part in 14 cannabis factories and 13 storage facilities, mainly in Wales. And then there's a link to a news article um, where it tells you it was a 25 million pound um, that that was the estimate the uh, the take. Uh, most of it went back to Vietnam. And if I remember rightly, I think there were 21 people jailed. She was actually had a two-year jail sentence, but it was suspended. But of the other 20, they all went to prison. And we can absolutely confirm that this is the same individual. Um, <laughs> what I can tell you is on her title deed. Yeah, she's referred to by the name, the whole name, Tring Thang Tran. Okay. And that she lives she lives in an address in Clinethley. Okay. Now the court case refers to her by her name and says she comes from Clinethley. Yeah, that'd be a heck of a coincidence. <laughs> I think that's pretty conclusive. I've looked on the internet, on we have one nine two over here, like um, yellow pages, and I can't find another one. Okay. Great. And um, basically what we're talking about here is we're talking about drug production, but we're also talking about human trafficking. Your your thought process is that there's some human trafficking going on, too, and that's a big problem in Wales as well, right? There is um, another article I've got for you. Now, the, the article from the newspaper read, Modern Slavery, a Vietnamese-run nail bar in Bath. That's in England. It says one of the people who was jailed is Viet Nguyen. A man with the same name left two refuse for Sophia Nails in Ammonford. And then it gives you the uh, link to it. Um, and Vietnamese is a man. Why would he leave a, a, a review for a nail bar if he doesn't know them? Yeah, that's, I mean, it's not out, completely out of the question that he would. You know, some men get manicures. Um, but yeah, sure, it, would be, yeah. it would be a reach. Sure, sure. But, I mean, the guy's Vietnamese. He runs a nail bar. He's been, been convicted by, uh, for modern day slavery. Um, yeah, it seems yeah, it seems like a far reach to me. Yeah, yeah. So we have a human trafficking problem over here. Um, it's not. It really doesn't reach the news as much because the news is just so dominated by politics, which is ridiculous over here. Um, but there is a fair share. I think what happens is you know with the legalization of drugs, uh, you know these uh, individuals who were formerly maybe selling drugs or something are looking for new. Um, you know, ways to raise uh, funds. And it's not like these guys are going to go out and uh, get a work ethic or, you know, uh, doctorate degrees. Um, so they're turning to this human trafficking because it's easy money. Um, I, I, we see that a lot over here. And I think that's something that uh, is happening worldwide, unfortunately. Um, a lot of missing persons cases, a lot of missing children. I, the, sta the amount of missing children in the UK, though, is a staggering um, statistic. Uh, something like, I, I think I had quoted it earlier in another show, but it was something along the lines of like 30 to 75 kids go missing a day in the UK. 
something along those lines? Um, I wouldn't know without checking it, but I remember at the time I did check the statistic that it was astonishing. One thing I didn't mention, in the last case uh, with Viet Nguyen, the police interpreter in that case was actually in the pay of the Vietnamese drug gang and produced false documents. There's a news article about that as well. Really? So yes, we, she was jailed. I'm going to put up links on our website to all these good articles that you've got, and you know, also a click through for your uh, website. Uh, all that stuff's on there as well, correct? Yes. Okay. So if you could, when we get off today, just send me a couple of these articles that we're talking about. Um, I'll post them on my website, plus we'll, we'll put a link through to yours. Uh, pretty crazy stuff. So that brings us around to, you mentioned the police. So where are you today with the police? I mean, have you presented this these new findings to them? Have you, these new recordings? And we didn't talk about the new recordings. That's my my faux pas. Um, you've got new recordings, um, and we talked a little bit about them. But you you actually had a sound engineer listen to them, and the sound engineer now says that he thinks there may be a seven year old girl down there. That's what he said. I didn't give it to the sound engineer, though. The sound engineer contacted me out of the blue. Okay. Um, but I know something about this. I ran an experiment where I put three microphones across the back. So I know that part of what he's saying is true. So to my mind, he has got a bit of credibility. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the thought process would be um, they bring these people over. I guess they traffic them for whatever reason. And a lot a lot of times they traffic them to work in the nail bars, correct? Uh, they traffic them from all sorts of reasons. Um, it's prostitution. It's nail bars. There's all sorts. Yeah. Well, the nail bar thing, I... I think I uh, talked to you a little bit about that. My wife knew a lot about it, um, you know, for whatever reason. She just happened to read an article about it. The reason that nails and that whole uh, career is so prevalent in Vietnam is because of Tippi Hedren. Um, she kind of, during the Vietnam War, uh, decided to go over there and, you know, teach these girls how to do nails. And that's kind of brought it forward. That's why, the, you know, so many nail bars here in the U.S. and in the U.K. are run by the Vietnamese. It's because of Tippy Hedren. But um, I guess they need people to man these things because they don't really charge a whole heck of a lot for their services. Uh, basically, they undercut all the Americans over here and probably do the same thing over there. And, you know, I guess they're paying slave wages. Or nothing at all. In the case with that Viet Nguyen, he had the Vietnamese girl there, but didn't pay her anything at all whatsoever. I've just sent you the links, by the way. So... Once again, where are we with the police? Are you getting anywhere with them? Not getting anywhere at all. Um, every time I release something, I also release it to the police by sending it to them by post nowadays. Uh, other than that, I'm ignored. I really think that you need to get maybe somebody involved that's more of a... Um, I'd hate to say this, but more of like a news person in the media over there. I mean, have you reached out to... I'm sure you've reached out to media outlets. I mean, what are you getting back from? Are you getting back, like, any responses at all? Well, if you were to look on the internet today and search my name, uh, Alan Tate, then Ammonford, just a Google search, you'll see the number of newspapers that we've contacted that have written stories. Um, but it, it's a flash. It goes up. Uh, then it comes back down again. Some people say it's haunted. Um, there's all sorts of stories. Yeah, I think the, I think we need to get away from those haunted stories. Um, you know, because that kind of just cheapens the whole argument um you know if there really is some human trafficking going on here and some illicit drug trade then you know that's what needs to be concentrated on but i was just wondering if they get back to you at all like you know has any serious news outlet got back to you and said hey we want to come do an investigation or 
you know, nobody's interested? It doesn't seem to me that anybody's interested at all. Um, we've had a couple that have interviewed us on the radio uh, from some leaflet drops that we've done, asking more about the leaflet drops and what we suspect, but nobody's taking it seriously. That's a, that's just a shame. Um, I think maybe what you, you need to do is just hammer, pick somebody and just hammer them, you know? Maybe even, I mean, I don't know the area real well. Is there like a local news guy that maybe you could, you know, go, you know, short of a Costa guy? You know, get get in his face and maybe, you know, just present, hand him an envelope to take a look at it and have him promise to get back to you. I mean, like, you know, is there, is there like a local investigative reporter maybe that works for Wales Online or something along those lines? I mean, could we We've help you in that? You know, is there is there an into I think maybe it might make sense to pick an individual. And just have our people hammer them, your people hammer them, you know just to try to get some intelligent response out of them. I mean, what, do you, what are your thoughts about that? I mean, maybe we're, what I'm saying is maybe we're casting too wide a net, you know, and maybe just focus and get one local person involved, if you can, to just maybe get 10, 15 minutes of their time to lay out the case. What do you think about sure, that? The, yeah, 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 it sounds, the basis of it's a good idea. There was one reporter from Wales Online called Robert Harries. Now, Robert um, went to the house um, and he'd done articles on the, on the house. Um, and that was it. Okay. Um, and nothing. Never heard back from him again? But you have his no, I haven't heard from Robert since. Have you had his, you have his contact information? We have his contact information and we sent him further updates. Okay. Now, is he like a... You know, is he just like a pool reporter or is he an actual um, legitimate, you know, first run, first line reporter? I don't know. I don't know okay. much about the structure of newspapers. Yeah. Well, maybe we need to get uh, a little bit more, <laughs> you know, a little bit more educated on that. How do you spell his last name? Sure. H-A-R-R-I-E-S. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'll reach out to him and contact him, you know. Um, cool. So how are you guys, you know, obviously something's going on. Um, you're not making up these noises. The police refuse to come out to the house. Um, and at the same time, I admire the fact that you won't give up. That's that's what really makes me want to, you know, have you on and have you back and have these updates for the listeners. Um, because I'm, I'm a very similar personality. Um, I won't give up on things either. But you're probably taking it to an extreme. <laughs> yeah, you're 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 living in a van. Um, you know, uh, you're you, you can't inhabit your own home because uh, you know you've you've actually had the people. Well, we're not going to say who did it, but uh, somebody actually pumped gas into your your home and chased you guys out, and you know your your wife was hospitalized. Um, you know, for fumes. So it's not safe for you to go home, or at least you don't feel safe going home, right, Alan? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, where Where are you with your property? Or are you obviously you're not able to rent it out, right? Because of the publicity. It's not just the publicity. I wouldn't feel comfortable renting out. If I rented it out and they introduced gas again, I would feel terrible. So right. no, it, the property is just literally empty. Um, I'm having people take everything out of it so it is empty. Uh, we're probably going to put it on the market and sell it, but at the same okay. time with all publicity, we can't really sell it at the moment. 
So what is the market like over there? Are, are you in a position to get back what you put into it? Or, you know, if that's too personal a question, don't, you know, feel like, you know, just tell me and you don't have to answer. But I'm, I'm just interested. Are you going to take a hit on this? Are you going to be on what we would call underwater over here when you go to list it? Or is the market good enough where maybe you could recoup your funds? I'd like to think I can recoup my funds. Um, however, it's been built as a ghost house. It's been built as having yeah, a problem with something underneath the ground. Um, there's one or two ways of looking at it, really, I suppose. On the one hand, it makes it popular because somebody wants a haunted house or a house that's something going on and, you know, that gives it a value. That's happening. And the other one is it's, yeah. it's got full of problems and, you know, the price collapses. Yeah, that's it, it's interesting that you brought that up over here nowadays. That's actually a popular... Uh, that's getting more popular where if a if a property is, you know, deemed haunted, it, it actually increases the value. I guess that says something about American society. <laughs> but yeah, um that's well that's good to hear. I mean, it seems like it will be clearing up for you, but it doesn't seem like you're gonna go away anytime soon. I mean, even if you were to, to be you know, move the property, you're still gonna keep going with your leaflet program and your website and trying to bring attention to this matter, right? Yeah, we we want closure on it. How what what happened with your um petition? Because you had an online petition. Is that still something that you want to try to get signatures on or do you just wanna maybe move on from that program? Is that well, we helping you at all? No, it, it wasn't helping. Um, what we did with the petition is we actually closed it and we said to everybody, it's still going on, you know, is anything going to happen? Is anybody going to stand up and do anything? And thinking it would um, get some sort of response. But the reality was it didn't get a response. Um, so we closed the petition basically for no reason at all. Yeah, I think that's kind of like white noise nowadays, these petitions. You know, I think when they started out these online petitions a few years ago, they were good ideas. But I, I don't think that says anything about your um, your fight. I think it says more about the fact that people are just a little bit numb to online petitions. You know, I don't think it says anything about this particular, you know, cause. So it's I think it's just one of those things where people are just, you know, done with online petitions. Um, yeah, I, I really think... You just need to maybe narrow your focus. Um, the leaflet thing is going well for you, though, right? You're still uh, canvassing areas and putting out leaflets. Getting any results from that? We, we try to put out um, leaflets every every week. Um, we get results, yes. Um, but people are uh, fickle, for one other word. They come on board. They say it's terrible. They believe us. But after two to three months, they seem to realize the futility of it, and there's nothing they can do, and they fizzle out. Oh, it's, it's it's very tough. It's not it's not an easy uh, it's not an easy problem to solve. We did you and I talked via email. You, you and I talk a lot. I try to stay in touch, and you try to stay in touch, and I appreciate that. Um, so do I. You know, we really like you guys, and we want to help any way we can. And we did talk a little bit about. GPR, um, ground penetrating radar. Did, yes. Did you where where did we wind up with that? Uh, the, the end of the conversation was um, down to cost. Okay. Cost comes in at just about three hundred pound with the operator uh, and a little report that he fills in. Now that's I thought that was quite a good price. The problem we've got is we have a lot of stock in that house and we're having it cleared. And at the moment, it's probably about two-thirds clear. And when it gets clear at that 300 you know, maybe what we need to do, 
is maybe organize. Um, do you do you already have a Facebook page for this? Whole... Uh, um, no. Okay. Um, maybe what we need to do is maybe organize a Facebook page that, that directs it over to maybe a GoFundMe. Because I know you guys are living in a van. You're not. You're pensioners, right? I mean, at this point. No, we're not pensioners. Um, pensioners in the UK now is, I believe, 67. I'm actually 63, and Chris is 62. Okay, so you're still working, doing what you can to raise funds, right? But you're you're not like rolling in it. Um, you know, you, you 300 pounds for you is a big decision. A 300 pound for me, though, it's a massive decision. Yeah. So uh, GoFundMe might be something that uh, we might want to think about doing. You know, and I'm perfectly all right helping you out with that, as as is Tracy. So, uh, you know, maybe that's something we can talk about in private to kind of get things going. But what can, short of that, what can the listeners do for you guys to help you, you know, forward your, you know, pause? Is there anything in particular that my listeners can do? You know, most of them have, you know, signed your petition. Most of them have, you know, done... Uh, you know, read the articles, done what they can do as far as that goes. Um, you know, maybe we, we get this GPR thing going. Maybe we can, you know, I'll certainly donate. Um, you know, maybe we can get that rolling along. But is there anything else they can do? Uh, I guess just sure. share the, share your website, share your, you know, what would you instructions be for us to help you out? I would say exactly that. Share. Share with all your friends. The more people that get to know about it, they'll share with their friends. Um, and eventually we'll come across somebody that has authority, if you like, or has power. Um, and it's also nice to hear from different people as well. Drop me a line, ask me a question, especially if it's a difficult one. Right. right. Yeah, and short of your YouTube channel, is there any way, and your website, are there any other links to get to you guys? I mean, it's pretty um, much you, just your, your website and your YouTube channel, right? Yeah, uh, my email address is um, commonknowledgevanfogey at gmail.com. Okay, yeah, I... You know, how about in the town of Ammonford? Are there any local like celebrities that we could maybe try to convince to get involved? Or, you know, are there is there any big actors or actresses that have you know come out of Ammonford or you know come out of that area of Wales? Or, you know, that you can think of off the top of your head, maybe to get behind this cause. Not actually Welsh, I don't know, but perhaps there is. I'll, I'll look into it, certainly. Okay, because that, that would be another way to raise awareness. It seems like everybody, for whatever reason, we live in a celebrity culture. You know, people follow celebrities for whatever reason. I don't understand it personally, but it is what it is. So how, sure. are, you, how are you guys getting on? Um, you doing well in the van? Are you okay? We're okay. It, it is what it is. Um, it's a camper van. It's quite a nice size camper van. We fit it out reasonably well. Um, it's nothing like our house, but it's what it is. Well, that's good to hear. I mean, it sounds it sounds like you're in good spirits. There was a time maybe four or five months ago when you and I were emailing back and forth, and you were a little bit down in the dumps. And it's good to hear you energized, and you know you're still going strong on this whole thing. It really is. It's it's good to hear, man. It's it, and it's good to talk to you too. I think that come down from a um, people like yourself and Tracy. And the Benson brothers. We got to one point where nobody seemed interested. Uh, we weren't talking to half anybody. Nobody was helping us out. And it did get particularly difficult. But now it's, it's much better. That's good. It's good to hear. So what are you planning today? Well, I, actually, today is almost over for you guys. Did you get out and drop any leaflets today? We did um, oh, about 500 leaflets in a place called Quedgley in um, Gloucester. Oh, good. Good. Has have you had have you been approached by anybody to like muffle you 
or tell you guys to, you know, stop doing what you're doing? Um, no. We've had a couple of odd people complaining in the street about um, delivering leaflets, um, but that's it. Okay, so no hate mail in the email from anybody? No, nothing at all. Good, good. All right, well, you know, is there anything else that you wanted to talk about today? No, I think with those two, with those new stories, we're, you know, we brought you up to date. Yeah, and what we'll do is we'll put those up on the website for listeners to take a listen to or take, you know, take a read and, uh, you know, they can get up to speed on all this other good stuff. Um, you know, when you sent me over the information about the leaseholder actually being involved in uh, drug activity and uh, also, you know, your the human trafficking activity, it really perked my ears, you know, perked my ears up. Um, it's obviously, you're obviously on to something, Alan. I think so. It was actually Luke that um, found the links. But yeah, it, it, it was a good bit of research. That's great. You know, uh, it might make sense for us to have one of those guys on too as well. You know, maybe sometimes hearing a different voice, you know, will help out. Um, maybe have those guys on to talk about it as well, you know. Um, maybe I'll reach out to them. You and I will talk after the interview. Maybe we can do something along those lines. But it's really good to hear from you. You know, we wish you the best with this whole thing. We're really looking forward to helping you in any way we can. I'm personally going to get on the uh, internet and try to figure out who Robert Harris is and then also come up with some new ideas. I like solving problems. This is is definitely a problem worth solving there's people being down being held against their will it's terrible you know if we can do anything for you or you have any updates in the future we would love to hear about them right away and please do keep us informed and keep us in the loop all i can do is say thank you thank you to you mike tracy and your uh, listeners um all the support we get is, is absolutely brilliant it's, it's good hey i'm matt DeSanto. i'm famous google me anyway when i'm not busy racking up prizes on wheel of fortune I'm listening to Wicked Garden Podcast. So I think what it comes down to with this whole thing is, you know, we got to support Alan. We've been um, in this thing since the beginning. At, uh, you know, I the key to this is, is no matter how you get around it, you know, you want to prove that something's underneath your house. You have to do the ground penetrating radar. It has to be his number one priority. Where um, is he on that exactly? Well, in the interview, um, which we just heard, he says that, you know, he's trying to get the house cleared out and he's about two thirds of the way getting it cleared out. Cause they have like, what they did is, you know, they had some businesses and then they'll, they'll buy stock from businesses and resell it and stuff like that. So they have this stuff in the house. It's got to get cleared out. And but when the GPRC through that, well, you need the floor oh, space. Okay. In so order have to do to it. Have- yeah. What these machines look like is they kind of look like lawnmowers. They're like three, through they're on three wheels there's just this big resonator that you know just shoots uh radar you know radar down in a downward fashion okay so now i understand why they have to clean the house up first yeah i'm tracking with you now yeah, you gotta Sorry. get it <laughs> that's okay it's an you educate tracy moment yeah well you didn't hear the interview and you're you know you're just uh busy right now so i mean basically that's where he is um with the whole thing and but you know th- to me that's got to get done that proves your point you know, if you go with uh, a report from that ground penetrating radar that says there's spaces underneath your house and you have these recordings that we heard there, you know, and you've got these independent witnesses now who are supposed to be doing these recordings and you got all the other information he's got, which is, you know, this leaseholder being involved in maybe some, you know, uh, illicit drug manufacturing and then also being involved in some human trafficking you know, you got all that. 
it's going to be hard for the police to um, really turn a blind eye to it at that point. So I think that's what he's got to do. Um, I know the next time I hear an update from him, I want to hear it. The house is empty. Right. And, and that we're moving he's doing forward it. with that. Yeah. If he wants to start a GoFundMe page, you know, they're talking 300 pounds, which, you know, I don't know what the exchange rate is now. Oh, it's less than $300. Is it really? Yes. The exchange okay. rate is upside down these days. It's okay. cheap. Yeah. So, I mean, I would certainly put some money towards that, um, but I understand it's a big decision for them financially, you know, with everything that's going on, but that's got to get done. And I think that's going to close this out for sure. And yeah. There's either yeah. a space under there or there isn't. Right. And if there's spaces under there, then he And you has, got these recordings and you yes. got a really good case. So- that's the uh, update on the Welsh Horror House. It's the Christmas season. It Hopefully is Christmas. We get back to doing <laughs> some Let's more get to Merry Christmas, Merry stories. Christmas type stuff. Um, get away from the drugs and human trafficking. Yeah, I don't like talking. We've about got that. some other heavy subjects that we're we're working on too with some other people. So um, I think what we're going to do is we're going to put together a episode for you guys. That's a Christmas oriented episode that maybe talks about some of the legends and the ghost stories around Christmas. So we'll put that together for you this week um, and we'll get it out for you, you know, hopefully early next week. I think we're going to change the day we drop uh, stuff because um, my day job is starting now getting back to work. Uh, Tracy is now trying to get ready for the holidays with her family and she's got some, you know, time making cookies with the kids coming over and stuff like that. And then, you know, we're coming right up against the holiday. So I'll put something together for you guys to listen to over the holiday. Um, we are working another more serious case. Um, put, be putting out in the same feed, but it'll be like a its own little mini-series type thing that we're going to be working on. So, and for those of you who are Patreons, you could... Yeah, you've already gotten yes. early access early, to Early that. access to that. Yeah, so you've already heard a little bit about that case. Uh, that's kind of where we are. Um, hoping you guys are getting ready for the holidays. Hoping your weather is a little bit better than ours. It's rained for, you know, six consecutive years here. Um, <laughs> years? That's a stretch, hon. Six consecutive years. All right, five consecutive years. You're right. Days, days, a couple of days of rainy weather. So hopefully we'll, maybe some of this will turn into snow and uh, we'll we'll get some stuff going, you know with some snow, but, uh, you know, be back next week with a more, uh, cheerful episode for you. And, uh, I am your host, Mike. I'm your co-host Tracy. And we really appreciate you guys listening and Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.